Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed, it is time once again to get those car care questions answered, whatever is on your mind. Automobile-wise, we welcome your phone calls or text messages for Nick Stoffel, who is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive in uh, St. Paul, beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Nick, good morning to you. Good morning, Denny. Thanks for having me. It's uh, always fun to have you uh, on the radio. In person is even better, uh, and which reminds me, I think i got to come in for an oil change one of these days. But anyway, uh, let's welcome our listeners uh, to the show. If you have any kind of a car care question for Nick, by all means, we'd love to hear from you, either by phone or by text, 651 651- Four six one nine two two six. 461 Nick, we're already getting uh, text messages from our listeners, so maybe we should uh, kind of pick up the speed here uh, before we get too far behind because Nick uh, takes his leave about 7.45. So our time goes by rather quickly. So don't wait. If Again, if you have any kind of a car car question, call it in or text it in. Uh, Nick will be um, heading out of here uh, just ahead of Jack Farrell around 7.45 or so. Here's one. I think it's an interesting question. How frequently should you drive a car that is rarely used? Would you take it out more often in the winter than summer? Thanks for the informative show. Well, thank you. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's fair to say that uh, any vehicle should get a good drive cycle. Uh, you know, if it's a classic vehicle that you're trying to keep in pristine condition, I probably wouldn't get it out in the wintertime too much just because of the salt. But if it's your regular commuter, um, you know, when we had, the, when we all were not driving during COVID, you know, people would call and say, Hey, you know, what do I need to do? And, you know, a lot of times we'd say, you know, don't put yourself at risk, but take the long way. You know, every so often if your regular commute is just to the grocery store or to the doctor's office or visiting family and you're comfortable, maybe taking the long way, getting a few extra miles on the vehicle, it's not a bad idea from time to time. Uh, it allows the exhaust to, fully heat up and burn off the moisture, allows the brakes to kind of clean up, you know, get the vehicle up to full running temp. So, you know, if it's every couple of weeks, I think that's probably fair. You know, if it were once a month, you know, I could, that's how you do too. So just every so often, give it a little extra, a few minutes of uh, driving just to kind of help it, you know, work out its kinks a little bit. And I know too, as you well know, that we we'll, uh, we get questions about oil changes with circumstances like this, if you're going to store a vehicle and start it once in a while, uh, somebody will say, well, how often should I change the oil? Even though I may not drive it a whole lot, 
you know, maybe, you know, every six months I put it away. Uh, how often should you change the oil or something like that? You know, that, that's a good question. There's a lot of variables there. If the uh, the vehicle's in a controlled climate where there's not a lot of uh, freezing, thawing cycles, uh, you could probably get away with, with less often. But, you know, typically we tell people at least twice a year, uh, even though the oil is not being used in the sense of being driven, that freeze-thaw can create condensation. That oil will absorb that condensation, kind of make a sludgy substance in the oil, which can create problems for the motor. So I, I would say, uh, as a rule of thumb, twice a year. Now, okay. if it's in a controlled climate, we've had listeners say, well, I keep it in my heated garage all winter. That vehicle's just fine. Don't worry about it. But in the typical, you know, I, I don't, I'm so comfortable driving in the wintertime type of situation, I would say twice a year would be more suitable. Yeah, it makes sense. Let's grab a phone call. Nick Jerry is calling in from uh, Minneapolis, I believe. Jerry, you're on CCO with Nick. Good morning. I have a 03 F-150 5.4 liter. Just all of a sudden won't start. Uh, turns over rapidly, has gas, you know, plenty of gas in the tank. Is there anything that could be possibly wrong besides the, uh, the uh, fuel pump? Any other things to check? Well, that was probably also my first assumption, something with the fuel pump. The vehicle's cranking strong, so we know we have a good starter battery. Uh, if there's a way to check for, uh, you know, if you had a handheld tool, did it see if there's any code stored? Um, you know, it's not easy to check spark for the, for the listener there, but, you know, usually what we would do with our scan tools, we would watch that data. Is it firing the coils? Is the fuel pump running? Is it firing the injectors? So one of those pieces is missing. It's probably going to require a little more of a diagnostic process. Um, you know, an old trick that we used to do years ago is that you can crank on the vehicle, more of a diagnostic process. Um, you know, an old trick that we used to do years ago is that you can crank on the vehicle and somebody can firmly, but not too aggressively, tap on the fuel tank. If that fuel pump were kind of in a stuck position and while you're cranking somebody else is tapping on the tank firmly not not enough to put a dent in it obviously or, or, or fracture it but enough to kind of jar things loose that might get that fuel pump going again one more time so keep in mind that doesn't fix it but it'll get the vehicle running again so you can have someone take a look at it nick our fuel pumps uh, over the years are they all if not most inside the uh, gas tank now they are, yes. I mean, years ago, as we may or may not know, but they were mounted on the engine itself, and they were a mechanical pump. Now it's an electrically run pump, and certain vehicles can even hear a slight humming noise if you're near the rear of the vehicle when it's running. That's the fuel pump um, motor, the electric motor spinning. Um, and, you know, that trick that I said, there were there were certain makes and models over the years where it might just get kind of seized or stuck in a position there, and a little tapping on that tank can get it going again. So, uh, it's a good trick. Yeah, I guess. But you, you've, uh, and your pal Dan, uh, once in a while, you as mechanics uh, on uh, various components of vehicles sometimes take a little hammer to, uh, I can't remember exactly what you're tapping besides uh, the gas tank, but there are, there are other elements that you guys have tapped before, right? Well, you know, anything, you know, you're referring to a starter because on certain vehicles, similar situation where the, the electrical components kind of get a little maybe corrosion or they just get stuck in a place, maybe a bushing or a bearing is going bad. And, you know, in a pinch where you're kind of stuck somewhere, 
uh, is the right, you know, it's not just having a hammer, it's knowing where to tap it. So uh, it, can, it might be able to get you from point A to point B one more time to, you know, get that vehicle fixed. Sure. Hang on, Nick. We're going to take a quick break, invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a car question, for Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive, we'd love to hear from you either by phone or by text. Keep in mind that Nick will be taking his leave about 745, so less than a half hour from now. So if you think of something, call us or text us. We'd love to hear from you. 651-461-9226. New temperature reading in the Twin Cities. Now at 64, we're heading to near 86. Father's Day is tomorrow with a chance of showers. Right now, 64 on Newstalk 830. This is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here, along with ASC certified technician Nick Stoffel. Nick hangs out at a place called Lloyd's Automotive. And uh, Nick, for those folks who maybe want some help, how do we find you guys? Absolutely. As you know very well, Denny, we're at 982 Grand Avenue which is on the corner of Grand and Chatsworth in St. Paul. Uh, if you ever have a question, feel free to give us a call, 651-228-1316. And if you need to look up, uh, look us up online, we're at uh, lloydsautomotive.net. Very good. We'll get you that information before Nick leaves us, which is about 745 this morning. Uh, any kind of a car care question, love to hear from you, 651-461-9226. Text came in a bit ago. It says this, good morning. What problems does getting watered-down gas cause to an engine? Thank you. Love the show. What do you think? Well, well, the the, the water won't combust, obviously. So that's why, you know, it, it happens from time to time. More often in the springtime, there's a heavy snow melt and maybe an excess amount of moisture might get collected into a, a filling station tank. Um, but there's always a little bit of moisture, you know, that they... I was talking before about the condensation. That happens in the fuel tank, too, where you might collect a little moisture. Keep in mind, though, um, there's ethanol in the fuel, which is alcohol, which will absorb that moisture. So that'll kind of uh, deplete or absorb that moisture so you don't have any issues. If you do run into a situation where an excessive amount of fuel or water got into the fuel, oftentimes we end up having to pump that out and get a fresh amount of fuel in there. And that, depending on the vehicle, can be time-consuming and costly because there isn't necessarily a – there's an easy way to get gasoline into the vehicle, and short of running the vehicle, there's not necessarily an easy way to get it out. So um, I, I, for most often, it's a non-issue. You know, the, the uh, ethanol takes care of that for us. Um, but if you do run into some issues or think you have contaminated fuel, I uh, should seek some, uh, seek some help there to try to figure out the best solution. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Here's another text just came in. Will a battery maintainer used for storage work to keep the power to the computer when uh, charging out the battery? Uh, difference between a trickle charger and a maintainer, uh, which they say supplies charge to the battery as need for storage. Did you get that? Did you understand that? Well, there's a difference uh, between a maintainer and a charger. The maintainer runs at maybe half of an amp up to an amp, which is a very small amount of current. Uh, its purpose is to watch the battery charge level. So if it sees that voltage drop just a little bit, it adds a little bit more back in and kind of has this what we call float. So it kind of goes back and forth. Where a, a, a charger, you know, depending on the setting, can be 2, 10, 40 amps 
of current going back into the battery, meaning that the, the battery is very low, very weak, uh, it, the vehicle doesn't start. And something like that, you need to be careful and watch because you do not want to overcharge your battery. So a maintainer is the little, a little, you know, something the size of your fist that might plug into an outlet that has two little clips that goes to the battery, where a battery charger is much more substantial in size. So the maintainer is good for the winter. My car sits all winter. I want to keep the battery at a even level. But if you're taking your uh, classic car out of storage zone, you want to get on the road with it, that maintainer is not going to help you at this point. You need to use a charger. Okay. Speaking of classic cars, and we were talking a bit ago about the location of uh, fuel pumps. And you mentioned in the older days, they were, you know, in the engine uh, compartment. Uh, here's a, uh, a texter who uh, doesn't have a question, uh, just wants to comment, which I think is kind of fun. I have, he or she says, a 1979 Camaro Z28. I bought it new, 44 years old, still has the original mechanical fuel pump. That sounds like a fun car. Wow. Yeah, it sure does. You know, it's... Uh... You know, and we're getting close to that time of the year where you see more of those cars on the road. Car shows are out, and it's just kind of fun to stick your head there, make a make a visit, and uh, maybe reminisce of yesteryears a little bit. Do you and I? I know you have so many so many various uh, types of cars that uh, you and your crews work on. Uh, do you ever see old old cars like that? Classic cars that still maybe are carbureted and such. We we do uh, from time to time, but but the truth of it is and. Those that own those cars that our listeners are finding out, it's hard to find people to service them. You know, it's, uh, we think that they're simpler. In a lot of ways, they are. But without the expertise or the day-to-day of dealing with carburetors, adjusting carburetors, or rebuilding carburetors, or any of these, these components on these older vehicles, it's a, it's a, um, a trade uh, that, that's hard to hard to. You know, the younger guys don't even, you know, the guys coming out of school have never seen a carburetor, quite honestly. So it, it's it's one of those things as our industry evolves, and of course, you know, we know electric cars are coming. It's kind of, you know, I'm in the middle of the road here, so I remember the carbureted vehicles, and you kind of miss them to some extent. Um, but also the technology is amazing, what we have now and the safety and all, all the features and vehicles. So it's, uh, it's fun to see them, but we don't see too many of them just because we don't have the uh, expertise like we once did to work on them. Yeah. Yeah, time has passed. Um, interesting question here. I'm not sure if you have an answer. It's a 2021 Silverado. Texter says, my USB output quit working very unexpectedly with no issues prior. Have you seen this issue before? We do. Uh, we, we used to see it more when the auxiliary outlet, which used to be called the cigarette outlet, uh, when we used to plug those little circular plug-ins in, yeah. Uh, and this can be a similar problem. You know, those we have these cords that we plug in, and then we move them around our car, and they, you know, they're in the floor, they're in the dirt, they're everywhere. Well, the the wires might get a little bit uh, beat up internal to that seizing there. So my guess would be that the wires somehow touched, which caused the fuse to blow. So you know, this uh, the texture has the capability. Once again, get out the owner's manual. You know, page through the index, find out where that fuse panel is located. See if there's a fuse for that outlet uh, and, and, and see if you're capable of checking it. Oftentimes, there might be an extra replacement fuse you can try swapping. Uh, just you know, keep track of what you're doing and don't start moving things around too much. But if you can find that particular circuit and try switching that fuse, that's the easiest thing someone can do. 
something more than that, um, there might be something within the body control module or something a lot deeper. But I would I would start at the surface here and check the fuses. That's what it's there for, to protect the circuit. Very good. Hang on, uh, Nick. We're going to take a break and have a look at that forecast. Talking about, I'm thinking, that uh, very hot weather coming along here shortly. Uh, in the meantime, uh, hang in there. If you have any kind of a car care question, we still have about 10, 12 minutes with Nick. Uh, 651-461-9226. If you can uh, want to phone in your uh, question for Nick, that's great. If you want to just send a text like other folks are doing, that's great too. 651-461-9226. Back with more here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here along with ASC Certified Technician Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Nick, a bunch of text messages. Let's uh, see if we can help out some, some folks. Phone calls, too. In fact, let's grab a phone call. Lucha's calling in from uh, Burnsville this morning. Lucha, good morning. What is your question for Nick? Good morning. We have side mirrors on our car with the little light that indicates there's a car coming up beside you. And those lights have quit working. This is on a Lexus. And I was wondering why that has happened. I believe that in the, once again, as we always reference, Danny, the owner's manual, um, there's a setting that's likely been switched off. Or there, there may actually be a little button, oftentimes to the left of the steering wheel on the dashboard. So something that we may accidentally bump getting in and out of the vehicle. So if you're in your vehicle again, or go to the garage and look, but you might see... Uh, a, a series of buttons there, and one of them will kind of look like a, a, a mirror, or it'll have like maybe something that has like a little light on it. And try try um, cycling those buttons or that button to see if it makes a change for you. But once again, if you go to the owner's manual, look that up. Hopefully, it'll have a little better description of where that's located to get that working for you. Because I tell you, that's a really nice feature that they have now with all these blind spots and people. You know, there's so much going on on the road that it's nice to have a little indicator or remind you there's somebody next to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good luck with that. Uh, we always, as you know, Nick, uh, get some great tips if people hear other callers or texters uh, with a problem. Sometimes they have had the same issue and, and found found uh, an answer. Uh, this text says, the previous caller about a possible fuel pump issue, have him try a different key. Uh, they, this listener had a 2000 F-150, did the same thing, and when I tried a different key, it started. That comes from Ken from Hastings. Ken, thank you for uh, for that tip. I don't know if you want to comment on this one, Nick. <laughs> it uh, Texas says, I just had a battery installed on a BMW, $100 charged to code the battery. What is that for, they're saying? So a lot more uh, newer vehicles. Uh, the electrical systems and the computer and charging systems have gotten very smart. And, and what I mean by that is they need to know uh, there's, you know, we used to always talk about cold cranking apps and batteries, and that was like the, the staple of information. That, that was the marketing information. Well, now there's other types of information, uh, if it's a lead-acid battery or an AGM battery, um, what the amp hour rating is. So when you install a battery in certain vehicles, you get into the computer system and you need to let it know the date when it was installed, the type of battery, the amp hour rating, so that computer can properly maintain and charge that battery. I will say based on experience, the vehicles that are equipped with that type of stuff, those batteries do tend to last a little bit longer. So 
you know, it costs a few extra dollars today, which is, you know, an expense. I and mean, we maybe, you know, in today's day, that, that can be costly. But I do think that it's nice that vehicles are taking this type of stuff in consideration to maybe help things last longer and work properly. Interesting question here, Nick. It says, Nick, do you have any mechanics that can drive a manual transmission looking for for an oil change for an 86 Ranger with a four-speed? That's an interesting question, and I, I, I'm guessing uh, you guys all know how to drive a manual transmission. We do. We do. And actually, as you know, I had some issues with my leg here and just here last few weeks. I started driving the shop truck again. I was pretty excited that I could drive a stick again. But no, we <laughs> uh, our, our shop truck's a manual transmission. And, you know, I, I assure you that uh, uh, most I shouldn't say all, but most most uh, most people repairing vehicles are capable of driving a manual transmission. Now, if you go far enough back and it's a three on the tree or something, that might be a little different. But uh, in, in these typical uh Manual transmission should be fine just about anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And for those <clears throat> that uh, do drive a manual transmission, those scofflaws that steal cars can't drive usually a manual transmission. <laughs> so they uh, they leave those alone, um, which is a plus. All right, here's another one. Uh, 2017 Nissan Rogue, the foot swipe to open the rear hatch and the button to close no longer work after repair to a rear passenger door. When the door was removed and repaired, do you think they missed reattaching a wire that would allow those items to work? Well, like with you know anything in life, obviously, uh, if the system was functioning, working, it maybe needs to be reset. You know, I, I honestly don't know, but typically, if something didn't work after a certain process or procedure, you know, inadvertently something may have happened. You know, I, I don't know for sure how that passenger rear door would be directly connected to that, to be honest. But I would, you know, simply call the uh, the body shop back up and say, hey, I had this done. Now i got an issue here. You know, they should ha- be able to take take a look, at least um, find some information, figure out what happened, then you can go from there. Here's another one. I think this may be our last one uh, for the day, and we get this often. I'm sure you do, too. 2019 Buick Encore, that texter says, I cannot pump gas without the pump handle turning off and on. The dealer has never seen this with a car, only occasionally with trucks. GM Engineering said to put it in a new fuel pump. Didn't help. Now we're waiting for a gas tank to be installed, which is on back order. Um, and I guess that's about it. What do you, how would you comment on that one? Is this another uh, evaporative system thing? You know, Denny, you're getting pretty good at this. Maybe you can help <laughs> hire you here. <laughs> uh, no, you don't want me to do that, no. Uh, we can at least answer the phone and answer some questions, right? There you uh, go. There so, you go. But I think, you're, you know, it's a newer vehicle. Um, the, little, the, the tip that they shared with us is that the fuel tank, tank's on back order. So as you alluded to the evaporative system, as you put fuel into the vehicle, into the tank, the tank's already full of air and fuel vapors. So what has to happen is as you add gasoline to the tank, all that air needs to go somewhere. So what happens is that air kind of works its way through a series of hoses and lines to that canister where it'll absorb, the charcoal absorb the fuel vapors and allow the air to vent. Well, if the as the tank fills up and the air is gone, the gas nozzle clicks off because it sees a change in pressure. Well, if that venting or evaporative system isn't working properly, 
it's going to think that the tank is full, which is going to cause that nozzle to keep clicking off. And we've all seen that. It can be as sometimes the nozzle or the angle that it's put in, but oftentimes there's an issue with the evaporative system not allowing that air to escape quick enough or properly that makes it think the tank is full. So I suspect that recalled tank has some part of that evaporative system built into it, and it, you know, it's not available yet. So unfortunately, this, this poor texture listener is going to have to fill yeah. the gas very, very slowly, which is, can be frustrating. But hopefully they have that part or component available soon so they can get that fixed. I hope so, too. Nick, we're out of time. Thanks so much. How do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? Absolutely. And thanks for having me. Um, at you Lloyd's, you can give us a call anytime, 651-228-1316. If you're walking down Grand Avenue on one of these nice, warm, sunny days, poke your head and say hi. We're at 982 Grand. And if you want to see our website, as you know, it's at lloydsautomotive.net. Happy Father's Day to you tomorrow, Nick. And uh, let's talk again next week. Let's do that. Thanks, Denny. You bet. Next alpha from Lloyd's Automotive. Jack Farrell's Wine Chat straight ahead here. Then get those lawn and garden questions ready for Julie in the 8 o'clock hour. On News Talk 830, this is WCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.